0: Welcome to CCC Talks, empowering IT and business professionals in their digital transformation journey. Find all the latest tips, tricks, and strategies at our blog and resource center at cloudcredential.org. And now our host, CCC Managing Director, Mark O'Loughlin.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of CCC Talks with Mark O'Loughlin and the Cloud Credential Council. Now, today, we're joined by Muriel surier Shepherd who is an AI expert at Applied AI and is also a psychologist. So Muriel, thank you very much for joining us on today's podcast. Happy to be <laughs> here. <laughs> Fantastic. Now Muriel, you describe yourself as a psychologist. It's very interesting who entered the world of IT and data and then got really passionate about artificial intelligence. So listen, tell us a little bit about yourself, please.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I did study in the, in the psychology, quite a while back. (laughs) And then uh, in 2007, I believe, I joined uh, FICO, an American analytics uh, company that does, amongst others, uh, fraud uh, detection on credit card transactions. And I was fascinated by that, that you could just based on transaction data um, in real time block a card and, and make sure fraud wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, I've worked there for five years, uh, had a lot of fun, saw a lot of the things that are hot and happening now with machine learning that was, for them, already normal business. It just wasn't big data and it wasn't AI, but it's <laughs> yeah. actually, actually what they already did.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and, uh, yeah, I got passionate about that and later I went to uh, Rabobank uh, and also joined their uh, AI of a, a data science team mm-hmm. and started yeah. focusing on, on uh, AI. and. I think the, the thing that that I like is that, why I probably am passionate about it is that um, it, with AI, you have now both the, the mixture of combination of IT and human coming together. And yes. there's still a bit of an um, uh, yeah, it, it's still challenging, it's still exciting. How is it going to move? Will it be all good for us? Or will it be negative? Or is it somewhere <laughs> in between? So there is a lot of human psychology around implementing and working with these technologies and and then this background in it and data versus being a psychologist fits perfect for me i
1: I think that's it's a fascinating world when you put the world of it and psychology together because we are still human at the end of the day we're bringing in more technology to do some of the human tasks that we've done we've got to evolve into a higher level of task orientation um a- along with this so we'll get to that in a moment we'll get to Rabobank in a couple of minutes as well um but you're also an author so you've co-written yeah. a book um it's i mean where would you find the time uh, the book's titled <laughs> artificial intelligence in action now i think it's only in dutch you can correct me on that but tell us the first yes at this moment it's
0: only in Dutch. I got a lot of requests, like, why don't you do it in English too? But uh, I don't have the time for that.
1: <laughs> there, there's tr- yeah. AI translation machines out there where you could put it in and it will do a good job.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but- <laughs> well, I don't trust but- them yet.
1: <laughs> now, that's an interesting point we may come back to. Tell us a little bit about what what's in the book Artificial Intelligence in Action. What what have you covered there briefly?
0: Yeah, well, actually, just to, to take you back, how did it is originate? Is, is that actually. Um, when I, I left Rubble Bank I felt that I had uh, some experience in, the, in this new field of yes. AI in companies and uh, got some knowledge that I want to share because every time I came to a new client, I, I noticed that there is these tremendously high expectations of what AI can do yeah. and there's a knowledge of hardly anything. So it's, it's completely not realistic what, what people are expecting. And um, so I thought, well, I do have the knowledge. I want to share it. So I started creating a training program um, uh, about that. And then in November 2018, uh, I gave that training for the first time. And then after, just like, hmm, well, actually, this this whole training is sort of like a book. So it's sort of like yeah. each block in the training is a chapter. So I I went to a uh, publishing agency and uh, they said, "Great, when are you going to publish it?" And then I said, "Well, June 2019." <laughs> there it was.
1: <laughs> so uh, you, as if yeah. you have nothing else to do, we'll throw a book in on top of it. But I I think yeah
0: so, yeah it was it was I, I always say this is the first the first and only book. Now and, and it is just about sharing my experiences um, about what is, what is AI, explaining it in, in, in simple terms so that people who don't, haven't studied statistics or aren't a data scientist understand what it is, uh, get a lot of examples of what you can do with it, and then help yeah. them get started to find their own business cases and validate if the idea that they have uh, come up with is realistic and if they have yeah. taken all the right steps and and involve the right people to move it forward and create something which is success, which means that you are able to create value and not just do an innovation project with AI, which never ends into production, so which is completely useless.
1: Yeah. So what I'm hearing here, Muriel, is that the Dutch should have a lead on AI based on this information um, because it's not published in English yet. So hurry up (laughs) and publish in English. (laughs)
0: <laughs> and, and yeah. let the dutch I'll, I'll ask the publisher if they can do something faster <laughs> but, but well, we're me, actually on the at this moment we're on the long list for management book of the year 2020 so um who knows
1: <laughs> fantastic that's fantastic and i think what because i'd be eager to read this or i might try and try is because you're saying look this is information from the coal face this is information from somebody that's seen it Rather than the yeah. theoretical stuff. And you started yeah. by saying, I mean, your introduction here was, you know, the expectation of organizations is high, but the capability is low. And we expect that. And the knowledge.
0: So, and knowledge.
1: <laughs> organizations think, uh, I, from my experience, is sure, we'll just start using an AI system and that will solve what we're trying to do with AI, which is not the way to do it. <laughs> it's going hard.
0: to predict something which we have never seen before. And then, uh, we've never <laughs> predicted before.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. That's not how it works. A, a simple question. And it probably because of the book, because of your experience, but I'm going to ask you this simple question. We'll see where the answer goes. Is how would you describe AI artificial intelligence in simple terms? What is yeah. AI?
0: Well, how how I always uh, use as as you know, AI is is like uh, if you look on the internet, you can find uh, 20 different definitions. Of course. Um. So I do have my own, <laughs> and yep. how I like to describe it is, is as a as a toolbox. So in a normal toolbox, you have a hammer, a screwdriver, yep. a saw, et cetera. And all these tools can do something. Um, and with AI, you also have a toolbox. Within this, tool- this toolbox, there are all kinds of tools that try to mimic a form of human intelligence. And some tools can do something with speech. Others can do something with vision. Uh, others can do something uh, with written text or predict things, uh, etc. And um, so it, it's a box with all these tools. And in order to get... Uh, in a normal toolbox, something moving, you need like a, a craftsman or a plumber, um, and with AI, what you need you need an algorithm, and that algorithm can can do you know, make, make that the tool is going to work and uh, that can be a very complex algorithm, uh, some neural network or something very simple if then yeah. um, and that that's sort of like what how I like to describe what AI is.
1: I like that. I think it's simple enough. It's easy enough. I think you're describing what it is. As you said, it, it, it does these things, but it's still got that level of craft required to it. And then leading into the algorithm there.
0: Can I ask him? Um, yeah. And then, oh, but then yeah, with, with the word algorithm, what I that's also a word that huh, everybody uses, but nobody has a clue what it is, but they, <laughs> nobody dares to say uh, what is an algorithm actually. Uh, let so let me, let me just explain. Let me ask. Let what me is assume. an
1: algorithm, please? <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> so, what is an algorithm? So, um, uh, you you can say it, it's a way to come uh, in a more complex way from a situation A to B, and it, it tells you the exact steps what to undertake. Yeah. But how I like to explain it more more easily is actually if you're going to cook something, and the the goal that you want to reach is an apple cake, for example. And um, in order to get there, you you pick up a recipe and it says, first, take apples and cut them in pieces, then take the sugar, then take whatever, and by following all these steps in the recipe, you end up in the end by the cake. So you have a goal you want to reach and there's a description of how to reach that. That is an algorithm. And if you go to Ikea and you buy a new uh, cupboard or anything, you get this booklet, this leaflet, and it says in pictures what to do to come from uh, these, these spare these parts into a cupboard. It tells you exactly what to do to come from A to B. That is also an algorithm. Oh. But computers today, and, and, and with, with AI computers, it's quite often also a mathematical formula, but that is also it tells you which steps to take to come from A to B, and that's an algorithm.
1: I think that, I think that's clear. So we've gone from AI to apple pie and off to Ikea. Yeah. I, would have made, I wouldn't have made any of those links before this call, but it's clear, very clear to me now, the one challenge I have with the Ikea algorithm is not so much the algorithm, the pictures are fine. It's in my execution. Yeah. Of the algorithm. Normally something is broke or left over, but that's yeah. um, that's that's I'm Yeah, that's a lot of discussion. And <laughs> <laughs> the challenge in in that case. Now Muriel, um yeah I was, I was gonna ask him, how old is AI? I mean, is this a recent thing? Is it the last five, no, ten no, years no. since cloud?
0: No, no, no. It started oh, more than 70 years ago. Uh, it already started. Hey? you had Alan Turing already wondering why like, are our machines intelligent and how are we going yeah, to measure that? So there's the Turing test, which is still hey, nowadays known. Yeah. Um, but what it, how it started was was around uh, 19. The term itself, I believe, was 1956. Um, it was proposed uh, proposed in a, at a Dartmouth conference. Yeah. where all these bright guys, guys at that time only, uh, were sitting. And they, they came up with the term artificial intelligence. And in these beginning years, they were really trying to beat, um, uh, the, try if the machine could beat a human in games. Like, um, oh, what's the word? It's not not only chess, but also uh, with the, the, the black and white uh, drafts. Uh, chip. Uh, sorry?
1: Uh, drafts.
0: Yeah, probably, yeah. So they were trying to do that. So they were trying to see uh, if if a machine would be capable to do something which for a human is complex, in which you need to think strategically, et cetera, et cetera. And they were very optimistic. They thought, well, within a few years, we'll probably get to the level uh, of human intelligence. Uh, well, They were a little bit wrong. Um, and that was the old AI, yeah, the good old fashioned AI. And um, what we now see is completely different AI mm. And um, what we're now trying to do, say, since the 2000s, is not trying to do tasks only that are difficult for humans. No, we're trying to make machines do tasks which are easy for us. Speaking, uh, 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 reading, um, the seeing. I, I don't need to do anything complex to see. I just can't do it. Yes. The, the simple human tasks, that, that are the ones that are most complex for machines. And that's what we're working on nowadays
1: yeah yeah and i think that's but
0: it's
1: interesting. not new it's not new and that's a big learning i think for organizations and people that it's not new you can trace it back many years you can look at the thought process from 30 40 50 60 years and still apply it to today but yeah. we have this newer technology to do ai differently and i think yeah. the advent of cloud that gave us huge amount of processing power and all sorts of other technologies yeah. To do things different and i think that's that's the key
0: so yeah it's, it's actually it's a couple of things so it's 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 a indeed the processing power that we have now and which is so also cheaper than it used to be and yes. smaller yes. um and it's the, the amount of data i mean if you go back to the 80s what kind of data did we have we didn't have phones or or you know we didn't do any online transactions you didn't have the data per se and um, so the thing is machine learning. So even though we have some algorithms now that were already created in the past, we couldn't use them because we just didn't have the data and the power. Yeah. And the fourth is indeed the, the, the effect of, of the cloud, um, making it able to have that processing power everywhere, but also having all companies like an IBM and a Microsoft putting all these sort of like um, AI services in the cloud so everyone can reach it so, and everyone can use it. And you just go on YouTube to figure out how it works. So everyone, so it's sort of like the democratization of AI. Everyone can can yeah get going. Uh, if if you're a kid, if you're 80, if, if you're in Africa or in the Netherlands, yes. it's there. And it's and I will say I can use it. I can train myself a neural network with with uh, Azure machine learning. I'm not a data scientist and and I'm not I can't even program, but I can train a neural network. It's that <laughs> simple.
1: So it's it's more accessible now, it's more accessible. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You, you mentioned
1: earlier uh, work you did with um, Rabobank and I know you've done work with Shell and, and lots of other organizations since. If we look at say Rabobank to start with, I mean, why did they decide to use AI? What, what was their main goal or objective at the time? It was a couple of years ago, I think.
0: Yeah, so it was in the beginning of 2016, so pretty early actually. Yep. And the year before that, they had started the data science team um, because they, had yeah, of course, heard about the trend of big data and analytics. Yes. So we just, yes. at that time, it was called Advanced Analytics Team. Um, and um, they were just experimenting, piloting with all kinds of things. And the same was with AI. So when I joined, it was sort of like the question, um, so Muriel, uh, what is AI? What do we need it for? Um, <laughs> go ahead.
1: Yeah, of course, you had all the answers, of course.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so I didn't have the answers, so my job was to understand, what is it? So I did a lot of self-teaching, reading, visit loads of conferences, and um, also starting to try out things, Uh, start all kinds of projects with chatbots, with uh, physical robots, uh, with text uh, understanding, information in text. Um, and and we had the opportunity to do so and uh, and also to inspire people and tell people in the organization what what it's all about so there was this displaying field, um, and and based on also this experience and um, um, And also what we did in the, the AI project is I really Learned from the data team that they were already a year working when I got there and yep. um, Also two years later nothing was in production so I said that's not why I want that's not adding value I, if I do something I want to make it valuable I want to have it in production and work Um so with all the projects I did I also made sure that every time there was someone who understood what we're going to do who was willing to pay for it and I was willing to take it over once the project was done uh, in that way to to guarantee that we could could end up with something and that's quite often what misses in a lot of these projects because it's the innovation department that starts with something crazy and then it's really fun but no one wants it
1: now for me there's a piece of gold for our listeners insofar as maybe take me through it again um that you got somebody to not only sponsor it not just from innovation but somebody to sponsor it pay for it but then own it after it goes into production so it lives so some other group has bought into it whether they understand it or not, they go on the learning process with you through the development yeah. cycle. Yes. They're excited when they get it and then they own it to deliver value going yeah. forward. That to me sounds like yeah. a, a recipe for success for the apple pie yeah. that we spoke about.
0: Yeah, Yeah. no, but it is, it is. So, and that, that's also the psychology, that's change management. That's there not AI, go. it's change yeah. management.
1: Yeah, I was going and, to ask and, you about, uh, um, and you mentioned there, it is the change management process which yeah. I think goes back to your background as well. How do you get people to move and understand and and adopt this stuff without for doing it the right way? I like that, I like that. Um, yeah. Can I ask? Um, so at Rabobank, just are there a few examples of how they're using it today? Are they using it more for fraud prevention, for um, speeding up processing claims? Any particular areas that they're using it? Uh, yeah, so back- you see
0: see, see in chatbots. They're using chatbots for, for end users, but also internal purposes. So uh, the the one I implement there was for the IT uh, help desk, uh, for example. Um, and um, but also in the uh, in the process of um, uh, CDD um, customer due diligence,
1: yes, <laughs> you yes, also yes.
0: see uh, more and more initiatives uh, on on starting to use uh, AI. Yeah. Yep. So it's now, in all different departments and also within the HR department, for example, they have a uh, chief uh, HR officer, which is a very uh, visionary, I think. And um, she uh, is really also trying to see how can we apply data and, and AI in, in that area for the benefit of our employees, for example.
1: That will be very useful, I think. It will be very useful over time as we see now i've heard yeah. i've heard you talk about uh, something called um an ai cell and um, in relation to an ai center of excellence can you tell us a little bit about these terms on, 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 a, on what they mean and what they do
0: yeah it i think it's the center of expertise um we we yeah. didn't call it that way because um uh the moment that i started the, the working on this so it was a virtual team actually Mm-hmm. And the moment that we started it on it uh, three months later, the biggest reorganization ever happened at Rob. Of course, of course. <laughs> and um, we had for like nine months, there was no manager in the team. So um, <laughs> we decided we call it AI cell. Anybody against it? No, okay. Um, and we want to do these projects. Anyone against it? No. Nope. So yeah. we could just do whatever we wanted. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> and, and that was fantastic. But um, now it was fantastic because that's why I did so many different projects and in, in so many different parts of the bank. And yeah. we, I could learn a lot, but I could also help the organization move forward. My biggest learning from all of this is that uh, after these these months um, of uh, having all this uh, fun and doing all these great projects. We did get a manager. And um, also another The innovations department also got a new manager. And they started sort of like, okay, but what's this? This AI cell, it doesn't It doesn't exist in the org chart. Uh, they're doing all kinds of things, but it's innovation, yeah, but it's also data. And um, they had, were sort of like struggling all these months, so fine, we just went on. Nobody was really worried, <laughs> so we got off. But in the end, it wasn't fine. But Uh, because my biggest lesson learned from this was if you do something like this with with data and AI, you need to have someone best in the top of the organization to fully commit to it and endorse it. Because you are starting to do things which could change dramatically something with clients, dramatically something with employees. And if you don't have anyone in the top of the organization understanding this and endorsing it, it will die. And that's, uh, yeah. well, it, that didn't happen because uh, at the time I was there because uh, I was there, but then I decided to start on my own. So I left and it died. And now two years later, things come back again,
1: Yes. <laughs> yes.
0: I think. But it's, it's in, in that sense. So that, that's my biggest learning. If you, you work with these, these yeah, fascinating technologies, you need to have someone who understands it and is willing to, to fully commit to it.
1: I have a question on that later on, we'll come to it later on, but I think for projects like this, as you said, or projects, initiatives, whatever they are, somebody at the top needs to endorse it, understand it, get funding for it. And um, We'll talk about yep. who that might be later on. Because if you don't, as you said, it will lose that momentum later on. Yep. Um, but a challenge to a lot of organizations is in finding somebody to endorse it, fund it, and promote it probably because of a lack of understanding what it could be or a lack of understanding how it can deliver value Because so it's not easy I don't think it, it can be difficult because as you said you're innovating you're learning you're developing you're trialing Um, you yep. may fail at certain things but I do like this agile approach to yep. fail fail fast move on try something yeah like what you said it sounds to me like there was a bunch of chefs in a kitchen that they didn't own didn't run. They turned up and started cooking lots of different things. Yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. But
0: there was always a client.
1: Of and, course. Um, oh, you mentioned that. And, yes. Yes.
0: Yes, and and that that was the big difference. And that that client that was in the case were was, were managers. And yes. um, uh, what well, what I learned is you need to have in order to really be successful, you need to have a manager has some guts yes because they are starting a project which likely is to fail yeah or it's not gonna give the results that you expect in moment one but still someone who says yes but this is the future I believe in it and we need to fail maybe a couple of times but in the end if we do this we will get it right and um, yeah so so for example with the chapel that we implemented there was this manager and he said okay I understand if we do this probably our customer satisfaction score will go down for a couple of months, weeks. Yes. Uh, but hey, we need to do this. This is the next step in our process of automating things and this. So I accept that. Even though I get in the end of the year, uh, um, my bonus will be based on, on this, this customer satisfaction. But I, I believe we need to do this for the long run. I have the guts. I have trust in the team and I give them the freedom to execute the way they believe is best and dead works but these are rare mm. these yeah, I think
1: some good recommendations there we're gonna dig them out into a blog later on but um, as you said finding the manager with guts to do this is rare at the moment but we need to see more of this and change the thinking yeah. um, as you said take a hit a short-term hit today might be the best thing to do for medium and long term and actually yeah. might get you some form of competitive advantage Um, And they're the things we need to look at, uh, which I think is is different. And it goes into the psychology of why we do these and how people perform and and, and deal with these technologies, um, I think. Can I ask in your view, um, is AI a disruptor technology? I mean, do you need to be using AI to be a disruptor uh, in various industries today? Or is it an enhancing technology or is it a bit of both?
0: I think it's a bit of both, and right. and what I um, what what I actually see, and I, I get more and more convinced about, is that um, because currently I'm, I'm I'm doing an assignment at a municipality in municipality, I don't yeah. know in in the Netherlands city yeah. <laughs> in the Netherlands, I work for them, and um, I'm, I'm doing a, a, they want to become more data driven, of course, and um, I'm not talking with them about AI. Yes. Yes. I just first say, okay, let's figure out what the situation is currently. Let's not do that because we think this is based on our expertise, the situation. No. Let's get facts. Let's just get a dashboard. Get BI (laughs) information (laughs) about what's going on right now. Because if you don't know what's going on right now, why do you want to predict? What yes. we are you going to predict? So, um, so we're really focusing on that. And then uh, in, in a couple of months or maybe years, it depends how fast it goes, you will ask this question, okay, now I know why what's going on and I understand a bit why. Let's now predict what is going to happen next year. Yes. And so it's a next step. And uh, yes, you can do all this fancy stuff with AI, but if you don't know what's going on right now, I don't, wouldn't recommend it.
1: Fantastic. I mean, this is really good. So really good recommendations here. Um, I, I like this. I'm going to write, I'm going to take note of this later on before AI do some BI, I mean, yeah. it, to get to understand the, the, what's going on and to get to that question, why then apply artificial intelligence to do something about that. So yeah. before AI, BI. That's a really good message. I, we're we're going we're gonna to do some work on that, I think. Uh, we'll come back but, on that. <laughs> it feels really good. And uh, so simple. That's so,
0: it can be so simple. It is. And it, it, to be honest, it is, it is all simple if you just take a step back and try to translate everything in simple words. If you, And it's also simple if you understand what you're talking about.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Things are simple. The yes. problem is a lot of people are talking about things. They haven't got a clue. As I said, they say algorithm, they have no clue what it is. They say yes. uh, AI, they don't know what it is. And if you don't know what it is, you can't come up with good ideas either.
1: Yes. Yeah, we, we so. see that with, with all the various technologies, especially all this new digital stuff, that the first fundamental question to ask is, what is this? And let's get a collective understanding. As you said, there could be yeah. 20 definitions of AI. Let's understand what it means for us in this organization. Yeah. But it could be different for another one. Good, good. Yeah. Um yeah. along with AI, we hear a lot of talk about this thing called RPA, robot process automation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. Now, a hey, is there a link between RPA and AI or maybe tell us a little bit about oh
0: yeah
1: robot process automation and artificial intelligence. What's what's that all Yeah, oh
0: no, yeah. No, well actually I do know know some about it. <laughs> Not because I've done it this project. <laughs> But at the same time, as I started in 2016, the AI cell, yes. there was another group of people that said, well, RPA, that sounds interesting. Let's, let's Let's play around with it. <laughs> so at the same time as I was doing my AI cell, there was also an initiative of three guys uh, doing something with RPA. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and in the time, I also went to a lot of conferences, and these conferences were always RPA and AI. And it was... 80, 90% RPA and maybe 10% AI. Yep. <laughs> so that's how it started. And so um, it's a, it's great technology because it helps to automate huh, more the manual tasks behind the computer stuff where you don't really have to think about, but more yes. or you have to move about with your hands. Um, and I think that has been very successful and delivered a lot of value for a lot of companies uh, because there's still a lot of manual uh, simple tasks. And I actually think. That uh, and that I already thought that, and it's happening now too, is that uh, RPA can be the enabler of the rollout of AI in companies. And why? Because, um, and especially the large companies, they have been, what I told you, an AI cell or a center of expertise, and they have been doing all these fancy pilots, nothing yes. in production, so everyone like, mm, mm, what's the value, eh? It costs yeah. a lot of money, all these bright guys there, but mm, what does yeah. it deliver? On the other hand, there were these RPA guys that said, "Hey, uh, well, let's simplify this process." And uh, well, well, in a, in a well, there were ten people working on it. Now we have one robot, so big saviors, uh, big big savings uh, in the company. And they done these simple processes, and now they're like, "Oh, well, but in this simple process, there's a human who needs to make a decision or needs to view a document and say yes, this is correct or not." That can't RPA do. do. So, well, there's something AI uh, that is able to do that. Let's Mm -hmm. see if we can plug AI into RPA. Well, also the RPA vendors have seen this. So, they've come up with cognitive automation, intelligent automation, whatever they call it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is the combination of RPA and AI. And um, because these projects have been so successful, it saved money for the company. So, the top of the organization is really happy with these people in these center of expertise is doing that job, yeah. they will uh, probably, when these guys say, well, actually, let's give it a try with AI, they will say, well, let's give it a try. They have been successful in the past, why not now? So move on. All yeah. well, these guys in the AI center are like, oh, well, we don't really big results. So I think they will be the enabler of AI in concrete. I,
1: I think so. As I said, it seems to be a little bit easier to do the robot process automation. It's a little bit more on the automation yeah. side, which is good use that and and maybe that's how you get ai into an organization look at rpa first and with the mindset of if we do this right and get the backing we're likely to get the backing to do something with ai but let's start think about where this artificial intelligence might take us um as well um yeah i i like that it's very interesting um and we can see where we go now over time, I mean, we, we, we hear a little bit about this. We've, uh, we've done some surveys, our recent global digital skills survey looked at the people side regarding all things digital. And one of the things we looked at was, you know, the fear, is there a fear among people in their jobs that these technologies will replace their jobs? So for an example, do you think people should be afraid that AI will replace their jobs or. Are we looking at this the wrong way? You know, could AI lead to, it might replace some jobs, but it creates higher value jobs for people to do because it does the base level that they do. Uh, Do we look at it the wrong way? Uh, Should we fear it or should we embrace it because of the potential it could lead to? Yeah,
0: I think we should embrace it um, because, um. What I've seen so far, and I, I also believe that if you are starting in that way, you are the most successful. If try to find uh, use cases where people have too much work on their plates, there's yep. high stress levels; they can't yes. do the jobs. And um, if you can take away the the more simple task from them, that's also where machines are probably good at. And these are quite often also the the the, the questions or the tasks that come back quite often. If you do this, you take stress away from them. And they're, they're more than happy to embrace uh, this new technology because it actually helps them and gives them the chance to do more uh, advanced work or more intelligent work or spend more time with their clients, uh, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so, and, and I don't think it will replace complete jobs. It will replace certain tasks in jobs. Yeah. Uh, and, and so it, it, it will just give more space uh, in the end. Um, if, if it does advance more, yeah, in, in, in maybe five, ten years, um, if this really goes on, yeah, maybe then then there will be less people needed to do a specific uh, task. So, yes, there will be people at risk. Yeah? Also with the automation, with the RPA, for example, so it's not only AI, it's also RPA and other technologies. Yes. So, yes, there will be people at risk. On the other hand, we will get new jobs, too. The question is, will the people who will lose their job be the ones that are able to re-educate and do these new jobs? And that mm. I'm I'm worried about. Um, um, but, um, yeah, the, the only thing what what you can do is make sure that uh, everyone becomes aware of what's going on with yes. with RPA, with AI, with all these new technologies yeah, and this fourth industrial revolution that we're in, that people yes. are aware of it. And that you help them educate and uh, prepare. And if you don't want to do that, yeah, don't don't look weird. If your job is gone at a certain moment, but it's not that something happening now or in in five years, but yeah, in the long run, yes.
1: That's in the On the long other end,
0: we we're yeah, in countries like the Netherlands. Uh, the population is becoming older and older. Um, we don't have enough youth as workforce, so <laughs> we probably. We'll need the technology to keep up with the level of, of um, how we produce and, and service uh, everyone. So yeah, it's probably needed.
1: It, it is, we, we find it interesting. Technology will evolve. We've seen this in manufacturing years ago. A lot of job displacement because of machines that came in and did a lot of the, the manufacturing. But out of that developed the services industry. Now, out of this, I think we're developing some kind of knowledge industry um, where we get the AI to do, as you said, the more routine tasks. Um, And we're in the middle of this, we call it the fourth industrial revolution, whatever it is, where there will be job displacement, I think. And again, from our survey, we found that organisations, I think, are now looking today and into the future for people that can acquire new skills quickly. That's one of our critical findings, as opposed to coming in with skills that will last them a career. I think those days are gone. So I I think it is incumbent on us to think about today and in the next five years and in the longer run. um, What does that mean to us as individuals, as employees, as people um, to stay relevant in a workforce that is being changed? because it's happened before and i think if you look back at history it will tell us some of the answers there as well
0: yeah we still have jobs eh? and and um yeah, yeah. but it, it, it is the point that, that but the first thing is that people need to be made aware that what's going on and that's where already is a big gap at the mm-hmm. moment a lot of people yeah. are not even aware and if you're not aware you can't prepare yeah. and and one of the um in the netherlands uh recently um we started an, uh, an initiative, which is called I Am Digital, and I'm one of the trainers there as well. And what we are trying to accomplish is that we want to uh, ed- re-educate or help re-educate uh, over a million uh, professionals in the Netherlands uh, in the coming three to four years. Mm-hmm. And so we have created a whole program with where people can come on site, but also the whole e-learning track to make people aware of what's going on, what are the technologies that are going on, how does it affect yeah. you, your company, and what, uh, how would you want to re-educate yourself or get more yeah. familiar with uh, in order to stay relevant. Stay
1: relevant. And, and that is yeah. a question
0: people need to ask in every sector, from uh, accountancy, lawyers, doctors, uh, energy, whatever, everywhere, and, and yeah. And and that's not happening enough. There's too many people who are uh, unaware what's going on around them.
1: I think that the I am digital program sounds fascinating. We're going to look into that a little bit more. Um, I hope more countries do that as well. I think the key point that you said is uh, all this is, we're talking about AI and technology, it's not just the technology sector that's impacted by job displacement or change It's everybody. I think it's incumbent for us all to think about that. Can I ask him, um, so AI, so he said, what AI we're doing, a, we need a lot of data. Um, but with data comes the word privacy and protections and all this. Yeah. Um, so how are organizations addressing the requirements regarding data privacy and protection because there's so much data now and i'm sure it's not just in one place it's in one source it's a lot of data a lot of different repositories how are they dealing with some of those data protection challenges i won't say issues i'll say challenges
0: um how are they dealing with that well i think the the fact that we have this data protection now uh since what is it 2018 wasn't it in may 2018 or something at least people are aware of it there's something called (laughs) privacy (laughs) (laughs) and there's been a lot of
1: privacy thing yeah yeah yeah.
0: (laughs) so there's a lot of more awareness than a couple of years ago about what 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 to do and there's privacy officers and uh, there's procedures for data leaks and everything so Yes. That, I think, is becoming more people are more aware of. But um, I think there's another question, um, which is more uh, interesting now, is that I always say there's three things. When you start a project, there are three things to do. Um, one is you need to ask, are we able to do it? Yes. The second thing is, are we allowed to do it? Yeah? And, yes. and then there's this privacy comes into play. But the third thing, which is as important, do we want to do this? Fantastic. So it's the ethical question and uh, so first, there was more a lot of attention for for data privacy and now do you see a lot of attention also from the European Union or the European Commission and all kinds of other institutions uh, all around the globe about ethical guidelines so do we want this what is the impact in the long run are we not biased are we just excluding people what are we predicting is this um, is this good and and um I think that that's and and um, there's a lot of guidelines for that, but there's not enough attention yet for that in side companies. And um, I'm, and, and especially, um, yeah, as I said, now I, I work, so I'm now doing projects in in the government space. And um, so I, I see a lot of different things going on, and I'm uh, a bit yeah, not shocked, maybe uh, about. The, Unawareness and um, the not ignorance, thats not a good word. Um, uh, yeah, unawareness of, of a, these subjects, and 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 yeah. that people just do things without thinking it through, and, and yes, that concerns yeah, me.
1: Yeah. I think it's a lack of awareness. I think is 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 what you're you're coming at there. I think that's that's yeah critical especially it's with not intentional
0: well. it's yes. just they've never asked these questions and nobody asks these questions to them yes. and and so you can't even yeah blame them it's but it's yeah
1: and we, I, we think they have, I think we do have i think we do generally have a culture of you know if i don't ask the question you know i i, I don't expose something we don't know about as well so we've got to yeah. get past that because data yeah. privacy and protection of people's data is as you said it's on at least in the eu the eu agenda but on a global scale it comes down to trust if if organizations lose the trust of their customers because they mishandle their data whether it's from ai or whatever it's from that can lead to reputational damage and loss of custom yeah. and all this kind of stuff yeah. so it can be very very severe and i think we're st- companies are still a little bit behind in that thinking, but it is—it is changing. It is changing. Very interesting. Yes. Muriel, um, we're coming up to the end, but what we normally do at this stage is I'm going to do some quick-fire questions <laughs> with you, right? So I'm just going to put out a few statements. Um, yep. We'll see how you want to tackle these. <laughs> okay? These to be good. <laughs> okay. So first question: Is AI overhyped? What do you yes. think?
0: It is
1: <laughs> fantastic. Um, are chatbots reducing the need for staff uh, frontline services, uh, for example, service desks and contact centers? Do we see that happening?:
0: Yes, I think they will uh, be of use and but not as uh, they will take over the, the high volume simple tasks and questions, yes. and leaves the more complicated work to the staff in the call centers.
1: Exactly. And a follow on question to that, and this is from personal experience, having recently used a couple of chatbots to deal with some customer service challenges I, I, I've had to report. Are chatbots doing a good job in general or are they deployed, let's say inefficiently? Uh, uh,
0: I think in general they're not good enough um, <laughs> because you need to No, because what well, the thing yeah. is, um, when you take, when you, as a company, if you want a chat bot, you need to very good understand how the technology works. So what kind of questions can you use it for? Yeah. And if you, so these bots can be used best for high volume, simple questions
1: yeah.
0: uh, in a very small domain. Yes. So if you have lots of different questions being asked by customers in many different domains, don't get started or create a chat bot, which is. Very specific, yes, and then also the user understands that you can only ask about how to return a product and not about anything else. Yes. So, put it on the web page where it's about product returns and nothing else,
1: yes. So, yes. you need
0: to also there it's psychology, you need to understand that what is the user expecting and make sure that the bot makes clear to the user what it is being expected of, and also understand people do not read so people are also not that intelligent so you can put all kinds of words and things there about what this bot is about and also say i'm the virtual agent and then after i've seen it in tests and evaluation people say huh am i not talking to a human well there's in big letters i'm this virtual agent
1: yes yes yeah.
0: So it's very hard, we, we are people are hard to deal with the machines, but the, 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 the <laughs> trick is for a good platform is to make it work, that you understand the human and make it work so that the human uh, and, and the human machine is, um, cooperation goes well.
1: Love it. Understand I mean, the human to make it work. I think that that's really yeah. good. Now, yeah. is it by the by? I'll talk to you. Oh yeah, and one time.
0: thing, one thing. Okay. Just, yeah. I just always need to say this. <laughs> Never. But never, ever let any of your developers write text that is going to be answered by the bot. Always take that. someone who can read and who can write text, a conversational uh, <laughs> text we, loved, we love
1: developers. We have great time for developers. But do you hear that, developers? Never, ever write the text for a chatbot. You can't do it. That's yeah. it. leave it somebody else we'll get somebody else to do it, yeah. but not the developers you go develop yeah. chatbot for us but here's what yeah. we want it to say <laughs> i love it love it now as i said by the by because i had some experience in the last couple of weeks with some chatbots which were terrible i'll tell you after the call who that was you may offer some <laughs> consulting services to those companies <laughs> sounds like they're gonna need it um can i ask you muriel is ai a journey or destination
0: it's a journey. It's a journey, and it starts, as I said, it's, uh, it starts with BI. It starts with data, getting it right, understanding it, and then moving to more advanced things. Yeah. And it, yeah, so it's a journey. But now, using
1: AI will cost your organization a lot of money. True or false? False. False. Okay. Any yeah, I think it's yeah.
0: false because if you, um, if you. If you have, find the right business case and you yes. understand how you can reach it, you 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 uh, and you have the data available. Yes. Um, you can do it efficiently, and you don't need months and months of of uh high costly uh, data scientists uh, uh, in your company. If you're smart about it, um, you, you can get it for cheap. Yes. Yeah. So especially I with th- all these startups and and. And all these possibilities on, on, yeah. on the cloud with, with all these different vendors offering this sort of like cognitive services which are already there. So, But you need to know that these exist and you need to be smart about it. And you need so, some guys or girls in your organization who like to play around with technology like that.
1: Oh, exactly, yeah. Another way of kind of rephrasing that might be um, don't look at it as a some cost investment. Look at how you will deliver some value from it. And it changes that conversation away from Losing money or costing money to the living yeah. value
0: and it's it yeah. Can be that simple. And, and, yeah, and also like what what I did in when I, when I also did some some projects at Shell and uh, we were first uh, With this new t- the AI technology and um, we were getting these these vendors in with like hourly rates, which are like what? <laughs> but okay, yeah, they yeah, have this yeah. specific knowledge. But what I did is at moment one I said, okay We have some guys in India yeah. Let's put them on the team, and they will be learning on the job. So, after a couple of months, they were able to do it themselves because they learned from these expensive uh, consultants. And now they have these these cheap resources in-house. So also yes. make sure you don't you're not dependent of of external consultants, but build up your own skills and and find the people who want to learn these skills because for sure, if you have an i t department which every company has, there are guys who are playing around with that stuff at home. Absolutely. They want to do this on their job too.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And find them and elevate them. So use the consultants maybe tap into their knowledge as a short-term way of yeah. getting knowledge into the organization. That way you keep yeah. the knowledge in-house and develop it and develop people. Yeah. And that's what we want, as we're saying. We want yeah. people to develop with this new technology to do new jobs yeah. and new roles. But we have to do that. And I think it just came back to that may not be seen as a cost. If you sell it right, it's an investment. And we know investments come from different budgets or money buckets or whatever than the operational cost stuff. And you tap into those. Good, good. Um, oh, let's of- not
0: get into stuff like this, because <laughs> that's another call.
1: <laughs> that's another call entirely altogether. Uh, two final questions. Who owns the AI project in an organization? Could it be the CIO, the CEO, the CFO? Could it be any of those, any recommendations there? Should it be at that level? Well,
0: there should be endorsements at that level. They should understand what it is and understand how to, uh, w- what it entails to do projects like this. The ownership should be with the person who is going to have the benefits of the tool. Fantastic. That's the person who says, I want it, I'm going to take care of it once it's there, when it's in production, I'm going to maintain it and I'll put money in it and I'll take the risk.
1: Fantastic. And in some cases, that's some kind of business owner. As you said That could yeah. be HR, that could be a line of business, that could be somebody customer-facing. Yeah. It could be yeah. the service desk manager with a chatbot or something like yeah. that. Fantastic, so yeah. find the right owner that will, that will do it, but have endorsement yeah. from the C-suite. Final question, Muriel. Um, Agile is better than waterfall for managing the introduction of AI into an organization. What do you think? How do you feel on that?
0: Well, in, in, I would say in principle, I agree i love the agile approach because you work you do something you fail and you can start something new but <laughs> um we've actually done a a, a, a comparison of different chatbots and uh, with two different vendors one came in with the agile approach and the other came in with the waterfall approach and we were first like oh the waterfall how old-fashioned why the hell do they go waterfall <laughs> but hey it's the rate, they can yeah. do it if they want it fine um in the end, um, the waterfall pro- project was way more successful. Why? They had done this already 20 times. They knew what to do. They said, first we need to do this, then this, this, and this. takes so many weeks, so we do waterfall. The other one had never, ever done a project. So they were much better off doing it agile because they didn't have a clue how to do it. So agile is <laughs> perfect. So if you know perfectly well what to do, go with waterfall if you're still. Trying to figure out it's perfect. So yeah. it's so yeah. It depends Muriel, on the
1: situation. Muriel, I have to say that that's gold. We're we're gonna do a bit more. We're gonna write a little bit about that because I, I agree with you. I think it's use the method that's appropriate to the situation. Sometimes yeah. it's agile, sometimes it's waterfall. As you, a great example here, we're gonna use we're gonna use this somehow. Uh, as you said. This company did it 20 times. They had their approach. Here it was, it was in this yes. old fashioned method, which actually succeeded. Where the new folks use agile because they were inventing it as they went along. <laughs> so where did you get the results from? I think that's a fantastic answer. I think that's a great um, ending. Now, Muriel, we're going to finish, but any final words on how AI, you know, can continue to change our lives and business? Any final thoughts?
0: Oh, well, that's the worst <laughs> <laughs> Isn't
1: <it> just... <laughs> All the other questions just set you up for that one.
0: <laughs> so how is AI going to change? Sorry. Uh, our... Maybe our,
1: our lives or our business, just an example, maybe, um, you know, our lives are going to get better because of AI? Does it get more complex? Does it introduce more data challenges? No. Our business is going it, to it... sell more and do more? Or in a just... way
0: it's going to make our lives more easy and 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 um, but um, <laughs> you know there, I, I don't have a clear answer it, it, there will be positives and there will be negatives and and that's that that that's the situation i mean uh, if, if I for example already look at my kids in in a way they are so easy they just since they were born they are behind a tablet they they, they, they actually don't need to to write anymore because they speak to machines um but yeah would it be a loss if we can't write anymore i don't know or is it just very good on the other hand i'm constantly bored with them being on these machines and i want to get them off um you know it's there's there's good things bad things uh the thing the coming couple of years we will see small changes and um uh, we will accept things or we will reject things and um Yeah. In the end, it will take a flight. It's not. It is. It is unstoppable. We won't stop this. 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 This development, and it will become smarter and smarter. This AI. Yes.
1: Uh,
0: if it's all be good, I don't know. I don't
1: know. Uh, we
0: don't. Some know people that. will be very happy with it, and others will, will. Yeah. Maybe have terrible lives. I.
1: I think that's that's as far as we can answer It's As far as we can see, as you said, it's 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 a balance, and let's see what happens. Okay. Yeah. Sure. You're sharper? Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an eye opener. We've got some really good nuggets today um, and we look forward to talking again. So Muriel, thank you so much for joining us.
0: You're welcome. Thank you for joining this episode of CCC Talks. We hope you enjoyed this episode and walk away with a ton of actionable insights. If this is your first time joining us, this is us extending a personal invitation to you to join other IT and business professionals so please subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, or Google Play. If you are struggling in any capacity in your digital transformation journey, contact us. We'd be more than happy to guide you and find you the right certification courses to help you manage the challenges modern businesses are facing. This was CCC Talks, until next time.